with the amount of time until the next total solar, given that it's 2024, which will be an incredible year. Total solar eclipse, moon landing. Yeah. Crazy. That's going to be a nuts. Just apps. I'm going to just take the whole year off work. <laughs> I might just do that too. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds in space in general. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me on this spring evening is other co-host, David. Welcome to the 21st episode, ladies and gentlemen. The 21st. 21st. Um, <clears throat> we've been looking uh, looking forward to this one um, for, for a little while. Yeah. And yeah. just kind of uh, the anticipation of the, we can't believe it, 21st episode, we're at the the pub, pub 39A. Yep. We uh back on the set here. We got the the Apollo 13 newspaper um with us here again. So we're ready to go. Yes, we are. 20 21 episodes in. That's uh it's pretty cool. We're coming up on 2 years, of course. Uh, this Ju- uh, August be 2 years. Yep. Yep, 2 years. So that's um going to be a crazy milestone for us to think that it's already been 2 years. Well, since the eclipse, but also since we started doing this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems like it's just it flies by when it you're really having does. fun. Time flies when you're having fun. It does. It does, <clears throat> for sure. Um, it's been, uh, I don't know, it's, it's now it's all kind of a big blur. Like, I've actually gone back and listened to a few of the early, big, you know, starting episodes that we, we did, and um, it's come a long way. It has, yeah. Yeah, yeah we have, um, if you're a new listener, we've... Over the course of the last almost two years, we've been gone through a lot of different stuff, a lot of different changes, including some equipment changes. Mm-hmm. We've got some new mics. We just got a new camera. Big thanks to our, our good friend Chandler and that hooking us up with a new Canon DSLR. Some sweet manual focus going on. and We look good right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's a bit of a step up, we hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, our set, of course, here at, uh, at David's Pub 39A, um, has continued to evolve. Oh, yeah. um, we can talk about these great photos we have here. So a good friend of mine from growing up, um, his mom actually um, knew someone. It's kind of like a friend of a friend of a friend situation here. But who had these photos? They're just uh, some really cool photos. He'll hand me that lunar one. Show the GoPro. So, go. so this is... Uh, I don't know the gentleman's name that took these. Somebody that knew knew this woman, but... Lunar eclipse from January 20 and 20, uh, 21st, no year, um, but pretty cool. And then the uh, the solar is even cooler. Yeah, the solar, this thing is this thing's badass. Any solar eclipse is badass, but the, yeah. this is the total solar eclipse um, from, it looks like, February of uh, 1998. So Yeah, no location is, listed, but um, some pretty sweet photos. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Very, very good quality photo um, of the eclipse. I don't know that it trumps your photo of the eclipse, but it's pretty close. Yeah, they're they're very um, they're very high quality photos, and they're in a nice little matte frame, Mm -hmm. so they're neat. But yeah, little additions to the uh, to the set, no doubt. Uh, Mm -hmm. Continue add stickers to the to the board that our uh, mics are attached to. Yeah, so we're rocking. Yeah, we got it going on. 
And you'll have to pardon my uh, nasally voice. I've got some allergies. A bubble boy. Bubble boy. Well. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, it happens. It's this time of year. It's been uh, a chilly, we we mentioned this uh, last month, but a chilly start to the uh, Michigander spring. It has. So we've uh, we've had to put up with a little bit of... It's kind of sucked. Yeah. It's... (laughs) For lack of a yeah, better word there. Yeah, it, it just kind of it's kind of just sucky. It's just sucky, rainy, so, yeah. cloudy, rainy, cloudy, allergy, some snow too. Yep. Um, Had our fair <laughs> share of spring snow. Yeah. So uh, one thing I will add is that I have uh, a beautiful set of uh, hops plants growing on the outside of the pub. Just uh, well, we might have to explore those on mm-hmm. the break. Uh, we still have to yeah. figure out a name. What was it? Um, ain't got no beer ain't got no beer yeah uh, our little break segment yeah so yeah. so yeah given that this is the 21st episode it's a, it's one of those milestone ones so i think it's only natural to um kind of reintroduce some of the things that we do on, yeah. on the show so what we started doing as of last month was taking advantage of our little break where we had you know a few minutes to to kind of fill up our beer mm-hmm. and actually record it on instagram live yeah and so we'll do that again today go take a look at the hops given that today we're recording during the daytime yeah um oh. sometimes it's that night not in the case here so well technically i mean it is 8 8 p.m right now but it's That's still true. light yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, it might be a little bit yeah we'll see we'll we'll get we'll get a good shot of them out there but yeah i uh, i planted some hops that was a, another thing that i i did this spring um in the uh late april here so uh late april early march planted those and it took a while from the them to take off, but now that it's we got some a little bit warmer weather, it's they've been uh, going crazy. So they've been, yeah, and I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do because I have them uh, basically growing up like string, just like kite string, up to my bedroom window on the second floor. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's gonna hit it's gonna hit those windows eventually. So and that actually one of them's pretty close already, but. I'm not really sure what my plan is going to be when it gets up to the window. I'll probably have to maybe string it on down and have it go down the window. Yeah. I don't know, but go or, up and uh, down. Yeah. So, to be TBD, you know. <clears throat> Build yourself your little hop archway, your arbor, so the backyard will be full of these bountiful hops. Yeah, and there's there's uh, nothing wrong with that. That's kind of the goal. I just uh, you know, just kind of want to walk out on a nice summer morning and just take a whiff of hops, experience hops. Yeah. I love hops. We, yeah, we, we love hops. Yeah. Um, speaking of hops, the beer we're drinking is. What the, do we got here? The Colt Pills. The Colt Pills. Colt Pills from actually, this is another new thing um, for this month. Um, brand new, technically brand new brewery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's kind of a sister brewery to one of the ones that we usually go to, which is Brewery Vivant. But this is Broadleaf Brewery, uh, Broadleaf Brewing. Um, and th- this is actually pretty close to where you and I both live. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a little, uh, you know, equidistant place that we can meet. And um, yeah, they've got some cool stuff. They've got some cool ideas. We uh, first day that we actually got to go visit there, they had uh, we're part of what they call the Leaf Pile. Mm-hmm. So we're part of the club. Um, and VIPs. they, yeah, we're VIP. So basically, they um, all, took us on a little tour around there and everything. And I guess. The story of the whole place is that they needed more storage for their um, Brewery Vivant, which is, we featured a, a few of their beers on the podcast, but uh, it turned into, well, why why not just 
brew some small batches while we're doing this. So yeah. um, they ended up actually they have a handful of things on tap, and it's uh, we've been going there every once in a while, and even it's canning, really good canning their own. Yeah, the can has Braille on it. So uh, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I did notice that too when I was. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've can. ever seen that before. So yeah, but yeah, cool logo, a little like a leaf, uh, broadleaf local beer is their name, and yeah, this one's tasty. The Colt Pills is a lager, kind of a Pilsner lager, five point zero percent ABV. Nice, easy drinking. Yeah, crushable. Yep. <laughs> they've got they've got, they've got like a handful of really good ones that you know they've got some a good juicy one juicy leaf juicy it's one of my leaf, favorites yeah. so we'll have to hopefully uh we, we can go fill up a growler or something and feature one of those but so that's that's a new location new hangout for yep for the crew here um and then one of the cool stories of the the whole brewery itself though is that they um they basically like the idea of this place was to kind of make it more of a different planet type earthy different right. you know feel when you walk in so there's you know there, the idea down the road they don't have this all set up yet but there's going to be a lot of like plants and stuff like that set up and right. um a lot of cool different little things that they can some they have a, a couple of cool booths there that are made out of a container mm-hmm. shipping, uh, shipping container yeah. so um just cool place you know yeah, and it's uh, in talking with the the brew master guy there. Um, he was just going on. Yeah, what you're saying. His inspiration is this made up planet he has called like Vim or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so yeah. Viv- Brewery Vivant, the the sister or the parent company, I guess, had this whole series of kind of space themed beers, which we've featured some. Skylab yeah. was one. Yeah, and they all talk about this imaginary planet, kind of a um, an Earth like planet. That um, this character that they designed went, goes to, and yeah. So this being um, kind of the the real life recreation of that is be kind of cool. Hopefully, uh, when it's all said and done, yeah. Still, I'd say you know it's still in progress, but it's getting there. Yeah, still, it's still open. a work in progress, but yeah, they're. I think they actually um, opened a little earlier than they thought they were gonna do. You know, do that, but um, so good things to come out of there, though. So looking yeah. forward to some. If you're, a Michi- if you're in the west side of the state of Michigan, come check it out because it's definitely cool. I'm sure they'd appreciate the uh, support. Oh, yeah. Given that it's a new project. So, yep. really cool stuff. Definitely. Yep. So, that's what we got currently on the palette here. Um, and another thing I'd like to point out, uh, I'm wearing my Dale Sr. shirt, and that can only mean one thing. It can. NASCAR is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So, a couple weeks away here, we got uh, our nascar trip coming up so yep. last year we did an actual podcast from nascar but that was back in august um but this year we're going to the june race and uh i'm getting psyched so i wanted to throw on the old dale senior shirt yeah yeah, yeah. it's two weeks away uh well not this weekend not the weekend after but the weekend so i think yeah, it's three, so few, three weeks three weeks yeah but um yeah it's really coming up fast it's always one of those things that if we go to the august race the previous year and then go to june the next year obviously that's several months in advance than you're used to yeah so it really sneaks up on you in that way and uh really looking forward to it it's gonna be a blast we're gonna have a crew of about 10 11 people camping and then a total of about 19 to 20 people on the day of the race joining us so it's the eighth annual uh kind of camping tailgate weekend and what I think we should do is, pro- I mean, you and I will be the first ones out there on Thursday. Yep. 
before there's a lot of commotion and you know stuff like this getting damaged we could always record yeah we could <laughs> do a little fireside record that'd be pretty cool i think yeah because it's still you we'd still capture some of the uh some of the movement, I guess, of people, you know, murmuring around and exploring yeah. around. But it's Thursday, so there's not a ton of people there. As far as our kind of caravan of people. You know what we could do is a, you know how they do the grid walk on like Fox Sports and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We could do, we could totally pull that off like a Michael Waltrip, like walking around with our yeah. headsets on. And <laughs> yeah. Get like a mic and just mic stick or whatever. Yeah. We could do that. That'd yeah. be pretty funny. Yeah, we Walk could uh, like see see what those run at. Um, that would get entertaining. I yeah. tell you that much. And the new the new uh, camera has yeah. a micro like a you know it's a it's a decent camera, um, much more advanced I guess than the one we were using, which was just a point and shoot. Really yeah. good camera, but this one is just got more features. So it has an external microphone plug. Mm-hmm. For exactly what you're saying, yeah, like you, we could get like a. It doesn't even have to be wireless. It could just be a little stick mic that we plug right into the camera mm-hmm. and just walk around. Could do that, like record the podcast at the campsite, but then do uh, a little segment where we're walking around. That'd be sweet. We should do yeah. it. I think Guitar Center sells mics like might, that. Might need to rate rate that episode uh, R. Yeah, because you, you never know what you're gonna run into when you're <laughs> yeah, walking around you really the campground. Yeah, you don't know. Old tree farm campground gets a little crazy at night. Yeah, it does, and it's and it's actually the tame one. So, um, but no, mm-hmm. that's going to be a blast. I think we should definitely consider doing it. I, I'd be a little tentative to record on like a Saturday night yeah. situation, just because mm-hmm. there's so many people there. There's, um, you know, you, if it rains, there's I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of stuff that can get yeah with our new setup. We don't a lot really. of room for error. But yeah. if we if we whip it out, like the first thing we do, you know, we set up our campsite, and then as the day is winding down, we break open the the microphone stuff we could do it yeah and then just pack it away and in the safety of our cars for the rest yeah yeah i can do that so we'll have to see but either way it's it's gonna be good um yep either way it's uh we're i've been looking forward to that for a long time ever since ever since last august so it's a yearly highlight and it's obviously it's it it's not related at all to space but there is one connection and that the place that you camp with the exception of the light pollution from the infield is actually pretty dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some cool stargazing opportunities. I know Mm -hmm. last year your dad brought the telescope. We didn't end up taking it out because it stormed. Yeah. Um, But it's just a fun event to be, to be outdoors um, camping. Yeah. It's a good time. So camping outdoors, breathing in race fuel, getting little rubber flecks from tires on your head. Just ain't nothing like it. It's just, it's just where you want to be. It is, yeah. It's a it's a weekend to kind of unwind. Um, I know the two of us, but both are similar in the fact that we haven't had a vacation really in a long time. Yeah, so, yeah that's another thing too. So Looking forward to that. It's just time to unwind and be at a NASCAR race. That's so. right. Yep. Crack a cold one. Yes. Crack enjoy. A cold one. Enjoy the speed. To get out. To look up. To enjoy the speed. So. We will uh, potentially be talking to you from there next time. Yeah. Um, but for now, we're at Pub 39A. And yep. um, n- some pretty big news, I think, probably the highlight of our news uh, was the um, the summit that took place in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, this mid-May, May 15th, it took place. So just recently last week, early last week, um, really interesting stuff coming forth from NASA. Um 
Jim uh, Bridenstine, the administrator, kind of really releasing a lot of big news, I would say. Mm -hmm. So a lot of political support, which is good to see. Um, so yeah, some some really interesting budget things related to NASA and the ability to get to the moon faster. Yeah. So I think they were saying 2024. 2024, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that came out and that I had to do a double take when I looked at that. Um, I didn't realize that that was the, the goal, but I think they've just... The announcement of uh, you know the, the basically the beefier budget that they're yeah. getting yep. is going to allow them to do that. So um, I think yeah, basically we're we're looking at a 2024 for sure. That, I mean, there wasn't a lot of uncertainty in that uh, statement and, and that release, not um, at all, which yeah. is extremely exciting. So um, it, it's kind of I think with space over the last uh, space exploration the last you know decade or so or a little bit longer than that you know the just the pace at which things move just because of the restraints that they have so you kind of have to you you hear the plan and you hear the news and you 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 know all these other things but you almost kind of don't get too excited because you think okay there's going to be a lot of a lot of setbacks on budget and other things and uh, of course you know things can go wrong and they have to redo a lot of stuff but yeah. Um, so this was unexpected for me to hear. I wasn't expecting that. So uh, a strong statement like that for 2024 uh, on the moon, um, humans on the moon. Yeah. So definitely a big turn of events. For sure. Because you know, originally so. I think they said 2028. Yeah. Uh, so four years in advance. And then to supplement that, they have increased the uh, fiscal budget for 2020. By 1.6 billion, mm-hmm. on top of an already 24 billion, going towards NASA. So yep. big budget. Uh, in and Jim Bridenstine's kind of commented that that additional 1.6 billion is almost like the country's down payment on the expediting of getting people to Mars. Or uh, sorry, yeah, the moon. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, in an effort to get people to to Mars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty neat for them to say like in a very bona fide fashion, the next man and the first woman will touch foot on the moon in 2024. So yeah, kind of like making it a little bit more of an ultimatum, I think. Yeah. At least more so than it was. Yeah. Which is, um, I think kind of what it has to be. I think in order to, uh, I think you look back at history of space travel and all that, a lot of it's been, they've kind of ridden that type of mentality yeah where it's you have to set a goal and like say basically just say this is when it's happening this is when we're going to do it yep you know you can go back to the very beginning with you know kennedy's Mm -hmm. statement end of the decade we're going to land on the moon right and i think that pushes not only nasa and everybody else but it you know i think as a com- the community as a whole gets behind it a lot more, yeah, knowing that they have that date and that it's not just some you know, well we're gonna get there within twenty years. Yeah, um, it's a it's definitely yeah. a mentality thing. I think. Yeah, it's like anything you know. If you're in a job or something, and and you're kind of you feel like you're just on this daily grind, but then you know that maybe something's coming. Whether I mean, it could be anything. It could yeah. be um, a new project even, or or something um, that's set out by your boss or whatever it's the same thing it's just like here's the date where this is when it's happening no matter what yeah and people you know it it of course forces people to 
you know, get put in uncomfortable situations sometimes, there will be challenges. There mm-hmm. will be, um, hopefully not, but potentially some consequences. Um, hopefully not involving any, you know, human lives. Yeah. But that is, uh, it's what it takes is that, that ultimatum, that push all yeah. the way to that finish line. So yeah. we'll so, see. Yeah, we'll see if they actually, um, and, and even, I mean, that's just, that's one, that's just one team mm-hmm. of people. I mean, then you got um you know spacex and boeing and all like there's so many other things that are going on so i think um you know with elon's whole plan that's coming up quick too yeah starship and all that yeah Um, that's 2024 as well yeah and they had a a minor setback earlier in the month uh or end of the month of april late april yeah Yeah, um with the uh, crew dragon capsule test uh where that ended up basically exploding um yeah while they were testing i think were they testing some thrusters or like yeah they were they were testing the uh the abort system uh the super draco thrusters so okay there are four thrusters on the sides of the capsule that in the event of an emergency um on liftoff you know at any point really before separation they can hit a button and the super draco thrusters will um will light essentially and mm-hmm. they can be and they've had successful tests of this before they've actually launched the this was like a stand or a hold down test mm-hmm. where the thing wasn't even meant to go off the ground at all it was being held down so they've had successful actual liftoff of the abort vehicle on its own go straight launching up and come back down so mm-hmm. it was yeah. very strange to see it, it literally like was eviscerated yeah like it just Looked like a balloon popping. Yeah, it was yeah. just on the pad, just explosion. Yeah, and it sounds like that was on April twentieth, I believe. So as the weeks have come forth here, they've released some details. Not really ex- exactly what happened, but they're saying it's very clear that it was a slight anomaly before the, or right before the Super Draco thrusters ignited. Mm-hmm. So something maybe like a pressure differential or a like a, a weak spot in a certain area when those things went off especially in a hold down test there was a something something happened yeah yeah so and that's i mean that's the kind of thing that is going to happen repeatedly really i mean yeah this isn't a um, easy venture by any means so i think you're going to you're we're going to run into more and more of that especially if the time window gets crunched down and you know people are pushing and pushing and pushing to go and they want to get it done quicker i think that's when you're going to start you know little things are going to start happening that you know and it's still realistically because this is these are all new vehicles it's not like we're reinventing like the apollo you know capsule or something like that i mean it's it's similar it's still based on the same engineering and science that they've had Yep. in the past but it's really a whole new thing so you're going to run into all sorts of stuff that goes around yeah it was uh, uh i'm hoping that they can uh you know it was it a probable cause situation or was there they really don't know i hope they can ground it uh as far as getting to the bottom of that problem because there's so much momentum with that particular vehicle with the crew dragon launch mm-hmm. and very successful rendezvous with the ISS. Like that was, I mean, they said that they were going to send humans up in that this, this August, uh, that is obviously not going to happen. Yeah. With the, uh, with the setback of this, 
but it's like anything like we've said many times before on the podcast there's uh situations where something like this happens and maybe they realize that there was a a whole series of parts or a whole series of uh, materials that they were using that all all along have been very vulnerable Mm -hmm. to certain weather temperature whatever yeah and now they've figured it out and they can yeah make it better so you figure that that's the case. I don't know. I mean, obviously, some in some cases, it's just like a complete anomaly where it's a total fail, and they're just like, well, we don't even know. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think about. You know, you, you just think about the humans that are actually going to be, like, actually taking on this mission. Yeah. And, I mean, that's got to be... I mean, I guess it sort of, to a degree, it can't really be behind in the back of their mind because they're there for one job and one job only and that is to make a successful mission but man that would be i would just have a picture of that capsule blowing up yeah. every time like i strapped down in that thing like i don't know that'd be tough that's a tough thing to do yeah um because anything can go wrong which makes it yep. even more crazy that we were able to do what we did 50 years ago absolutely it almost almost that probably that feeling i mean to an extreme of like when you i mean you you almost know that you're what you're getting yourself into i mean well you do you you know it's extremely risky or i don't know it just is uh it's a terrifying experience for whatever reason what's coming to my mind is so when i was in grad school working with insects there's these bumblebees when they sting you it hurts really bad it's a terrible bite but the males don't have a stinger. Mm-hmm. So what we would do is when we were out in the field, uh, like kids would come by on field trips and we would play this little trick on them where I'd say, like, you know what this is? And they'd say, yeah, it's a bumblebee. Like, don't touch it. Don't, you know, they tell you whatever. So you find a male and you can see it has a certain marking on its face and you just go and you grab it and they are blown away because they're expecting it to be this huge consequence. This you're going to get stung. It's just it's guaranteed you're going to it's a huge fail. So mm-hmm. but it, it, that's what it might. I don't know. Like even when you know, like myself, I, I was I knew clearly what the males looked like. That they, It was not going to bite me. It didn't have a stinger. But you still go to grab it and everything in your head says I'm going to get stung. Mm-hmm. Your whole body is just like, it almost is like a weird chill feeling. And then you grab it and it buzzing around in your hand and it doesn't sting so mm-hmm. if that's what i like that to an extreme you know you're walking in and you're like this could be this I, this could explode yeah and uh i might not make it yeah after about two minutes here yeah but, but uh you just have to have faith in the team and i mean it's like like anything you know with uh, all of the the team and all of the effort and this the safety that goes into it they just have to trust that, and uh, yeah. it's, it's putting a lot of trust and faith into it. Though they're they're really dedicating. Wow, it it would yeah to think about see, having it, like I hope they didn't see that video. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I guess <laughs> I, I can compare it to uh, riding a carbon fiber road bike, mm-hmm. descending a mountain, doing you know fifty five sixty miles an hour, and you're trusting whoever made that frame and made made these wheels that. Yep. And, and the brakes, and you're trusting that all that's not just going to break in half yeah. when you're going that fast down a mountain. Um, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's you know, every none of those things are perfect either, you know. So, right. Um, yeah, it's like yeah. If you, there's that certain level of um, of skill involved, of course, and then the that level of preparation where you put so much time into it in the case of riding a bike or in the case of these astronauts or whatever it may be. 
Um, or even the case of my biology example, like I, you know, obviously know what I'm doing, you know, whatever. So it's like you've put the preparation in, 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 and it almost allows your brain to like put a freeze on all that stuff mm-hmm. and you can just move forward in, in proper focus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably, I would love to talk to an astronaut about, I mean, not obviously about the dangers and the consequences of their job, because that seems like it would be a little bit. I don't know, maybe not the best topic, but, yeah, but yeah. just to talk about like, ask them the question of, there's obviously a lot going on on the outside, uh, media, all sorts of different testing, constant, everything. What do you do to stay focused on your role, yeah. on your mission, on your job? Yeah. You look at what uh, the, these folks years ago in the past did. We, I mean, that are the, uh, what was the movie? First man. First man. Yeah. yeah. First, I'm getting confused with the new one. Uh, yeah. But first man, like that scene where Neil Armstrong is in the Gemini capsule and it's completely out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 scene is like the epitome, I think. Yeah. Of what what you how good do you have to be to eliminate all of that from your focus and just yeah and focus in and so many people like that's the thing is like so many people normal people would have just totally lost their mind and yeah just, and and just given up because the there's end. no yeah this is the end but yeah you have to be very very strong minded to do something like that like just just to get in a literally a pressurized capsule that as we know from history can spark and yeah and incinerate within a couple seconds like just the fact that you're getting in that and then not only that but you're going up into space right and in half of the stuff that they were using back then literally like the lunar module is about as thick as a couple pieces of tin foil yeah like and, and like that's what's protecting them from outer space right and like i just think about like a lot of that stuff and i'm sure they still i mean obviously i don't know what they're using now but i'm sure a lot of that same I think same material and and same sort of um, planning goes into a lot of these vehicles. And I know we have different different things that we use now, different materials that we can use. But you know, for the the next lunar lander, I'm, mm-hmm. you need you know the the thing's got to be light. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be, and that's like back then. That that's all it was is it had to be as light as possible and protect for what it was going to experience yeah be able to protect the astronauts for what it was gonna um you know do so but that's the crazy thing is that it's you know i think about like the martian movie when they in order to get uh matt damon yeah. off of the uh off the or off, off of mars they uh, had him drill out everything to get him to launch up mm-hmm. at the very end of the movie but um yeah that was just Thinking about all those things almost freaks me out a little bit. But, I mean, would I jump at the opportunity to go on a trip to the moon or go on a Saturn V rocket or go on Starship? Hell yes, I would. Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs) I mean, it would be... uh, I would want to make sure I had enough preparation and training, of course, uh, for contingency purposes. But, yeah. I just uh, wing it. uh, (laughs) Just send me up. I mean, if it was in the case of, like, Starship... Yeah. And I was legitimately a passenger. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything. I was just going to go up. And then, yeah. Or like the Virgin Galactic. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I'm blanking on the name of the actual vehicle, but that thing is amazing. And they're going to start sending people up that, up in that. I mean, that's not, it's going into space. It's not orbiting. Yeah. It's low earth orbit. Um, and then it's coming right back down, but it's getting you, it's, you're into space. You're on a rocket. Yeah. So, uh, I got to imagine they're going to be, especially for like the, um, dear moon mission, they're definitely going to be training those people. Yeah. Pretty vigorously just because, I mean, if for whatever reason, or if, if somebody, if something happens to half of those people on the trip up there, you know, some of them freak out or they, you know, they, they ha- they're having mental issues with the whole, whole, you know, aspect of being in space right? in a small confined area, mm-hmm. which can happen to most people. I mean, that's yeah. claustrophobia. Yeah. 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 Like people are going to, I wouldn't, would not be surprised if you're going to have some people losing their shit. Like, <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, you know, it could be totally fine. But I, I think if I were one of those people, I would definitely want to be trained pretty well just in case i needed to do something and you know manually do something um you know just more or less for that reason but also to know what it's going to feel like yeah you know when you get up there but yeah it is uh something that i would definitely jump at though it's a it's an amazing feat for those that have uh, have been into space. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. it's their life. It's the it's the crowning achievement of humanity. It's yeah, a, yeah. To exit Earth for a, mo- a moment and be able to come back down safely, it's incredible. Yeah. So, but uh, with that said, my beer is empty. So um, ain't got no beer. Ain't got no beer. Uh, I think it's about time it calls for, for our, that segment for our break. Yeah. So yeah. Our, our next segment, uh, we'll go Instagram live for a minute. Um, and uh, refill. We'll be back with you in uh, just a few. Yep, sounds good. So, see you in a bit. See ya. back to the podcast after the break we're back at you now with our uh, our new fill of uh, yep. of beverage um it's a special one kind of a different one tis special yes so normally we uh, feature a different craft beer sometimes space themed sometimes local and sometimes not this will be uh, one of the first times we featured uh, an all-american beer all-american and i'm assuming most of you if you are listening to the podcast have seen some advertisements for this because yeah. I sure have. Yeah, it's a uh, a Budweiser beer. Yep, Budweiser's Discovery Reserve. Yep, Discovery Reserve, in commemoration of the fiftieth anniversary this summer of Apollo Eleven. Um, so they they really I think they knocked it out of the park with the packaging <laughs> and the marketing. Um, not so much with the the taste. taste. Yeah. I mean, it tastes. It, it tastes like it's a Budweiser. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's but it's. Uh. You know. It. it yeah, I guess I wasn't expecting something that was gonna blow my hair back. But. Um. 
it's very it it's tasty and refreshing nonetheless. It is, yeah. It is uh, a red lager they call it, with special Voyager barley grains for a toasted malt. Yeah. Taste with a hint of toffee. Yep. So it is uh, pretty much a red version of Budweiser. Uh, if you pour it out, a light hoppy aroma with a sharp finish. It's like red drink. <laughs> yeah. A sharp finish. Yeah. Very sharp. <laughs> it keeps you sharp too. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah. So Budweiser uh, Discovery Reserve. But as you can see in the in the label in the in the middle there, uh, a really cool Anheuser Busch Eagle landing on the moon. Yeah. With the Earth in the background, the the cap is also. Uh, that same logo as well which makes sense the eagle has landed the eagle has landed yeah it's yeah. very cool um i like it a lot and they do a cool little 12 pack as well this was the six pack but the 12 pack is kind of like got a metallic -y looking almost like stars looking background yeah and there's a little story on the side about apollo 11 and yeah, yeah. it's cool yeah i like it i like the effort yeah a plus I, for effort yeah i don't know maybe a c, c for c minus for <laughs> taste yeah but um, passing but yeah it it yeah it's not yeah i mean it tastes fine it's just you know it it is what it's it budweiser, is it's yeah. a budweiser but i'd say it tastes better than a normal budweiser i think so yeah i think so like normal bud heavy not a huge fan but uh this one i can sip on it it's pretty good and just the uh yeah just just holding this bottle in my hand just makes it all the easier to to do so um right. i think it's really cool that they came out with something like this because of, like I just said, the 50th anniversary. And I hope there's more and more stuff that comes out like this over the course of the summer. Um, yeah, other 50th you know, anniversary. You stuff. know, we're, we're coming up on, uh, you know, basically a couple months away now um, or a month away or so. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, we, we've actually been seeing some stuff come out um you know we saw the first man movie um that one i think was was sort of timed yeah right around for the the 50th anniversary um and that was a awesome movie yeah very well um, done. very well done um and really it, it it's hard to believe that it, it's been that long right since the first moon landing and we still have you know, two of the uh, crew members are still with us, um, and they can share the stories and and keep um, keep the passion alive. Yeah. Um, for space exploration and uh, all that kind of stuff. But um, and then we have uh, we had ourselves a, a good time with the race chaser, um, and we, we went and actually saw the um, CNN Films um, Apollo Eleven film. Um, so that that. I think is what we want to talk about. Yeah, for the second half here. Yeah, do a little movie um, review, and that um, if you have not seen it, I'll just start off and and say that you do need to see it. Or you need to buy it at this point because it's, it's. I out. don't think it's it. Yeah, it, and it is out on yeah. uh, DVD and all that and Blu-ray or whatever you have. Um, I think you can download it too. Mm -hmm. um, but that was. I wasn't really sure. I based on the previews, I was pretty excited to see it, um, but. I was a totally jaw drop like moment at the very beginning of the movie. Just um, the way, very nicely done. Yeah, I love I love the fact that they presented presented it the way that they did. Right. Um, you almost felt like you were there, experiencing everything again. And my dad, you know, was a young kid 
during that time and he he said it felt like i was watching tv again yeah they did a really nice job of um it was beautifully remastered footage uh i don't even know how they do that color correction and all sorts of different things to kind of add a little more saturation a little more life into that footage because obviously back then cameras weren't quite as capable as what they are today of course but Mm -hmm. the the i think the i guess the the way they laid it out was really nice so it wasn't just like a documentary about the Saturn V rocket or about the crew or about the mission. It was more, it talk, there was some stuff about the culture of mm-hmm. the era. They showed a lot of footage of just like ambient noise. Like no, there wasn't really narrating. It was just like ambient stuff going on, whether it was the mission c- control uh, speaking or just like people watching. Like that, I really liked the way they had it before the launch where they had that kind of area of the crowds and they were just panning around and... Mm-hmm. All that footage was cool. Some of it, I think, unreleased footage. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it was. A lot of the audio um, was unreleased. A lot of the footage was unreleased. A lot of the um, pre-launch prep, all that kind of stuff, That um, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that you were able to see, mm-hmm. that was obviously not released. And not. Yep. And if it was, it wasn't in nearly you know, the visual condition that yeah. you, you might see it in this, this film. But... Um, definitely one to go pick up in the store, um, and, and buy and, um, definitely have surround sound on. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's, that's the, one of the biggest things with this movie is just the audio, the visual and the audio. That's all, basically all it is. Yeah. Um, there's no narrating. Like it, it's just, it's takes you through the journey, takes you through the story, as if you were reliving it, and yeah. that, that's what I felt like, and it gave me that opportunity. Obviously, we we weren't around, but that made me kind of feel like I was there again, you know, and yeah. was able to experience it. It so. was a bit of like a bit of a, a tour de force in terms of documentation of an event. I mean, yeah. it couldn't they could not have done it better. Um, some of the footage of the launch, I think, was my favorite. Yeah, there was. I mean, there was this the footage that you've seen many, many times. But just some of this, there was that shot. Uh, it was very close to the rocket, and it was on the ground, and it was kind of panning up as the rocket launched, and it looked like it. May, it was like so well done, and it almost looked fake. It, yeah. it almost looked like it was CG or something, but it clearly wasn't. Yeah. Um, that was mind blowing. That that one shot, and it just kept going up. You could hear the kind of crackling of it in the air. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, basically like the it, it more or less just the way they intro the whole movie is it they kind of just put you in to sort of like a news broadcast or yeah. something like that, and you you kind of just you're more or less just brought into the story, and I also like that too. Um, there wasn't a ton of um, you know small little buildup or anything like that. Yeah. It just kind of put you right into the story. And you were able to kind of follow along what was happening. And I think even for people who don't really know much about it, it I, I can definitely see. I mean, obviously, we were in a theater. We were, you know, that was had been out for, you know, a month or so already. Yeah. So honestly, there was only a few people in the theater with us. But um, I can, I, I can definitely tell you, I could show that to my niece or my nephew, and they would be totally 
like psyched to see it. Yeah, very. Yeah. Um, it, it's just yeah. one of those films that would draw in anybody, any age group. I I would think, you know, but yeah, and one of the things I enjoyed about it, and and obviously the 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 style of film that is documentary style, is usually cut up with obviously narration, also cut up with little clip interviews mm-hmm. of relevant people. And there wasn't that really, and 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 I liked that it was a it was a refreshing change of pace, and it made it not feel like it was a documentary, but more of a reliving, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, because there's some great, great documentaries about the Apollo program, but and, you know they've got the little clip of Jim Lovell talking for a couple of seconds, and then they go back to the scene, and then they go to Charlie Duke, and they talk, you know, like that back yeah. and forth thing that you would see on the History Channel or whatever yeah. Discovery Channel. Yeah. That it was uh, it was a departure from that, yeah. and I think uh, a good one. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, definitely one of my favorite documentaries is uh, in the Shadow of the Moon um, that you've seen, and yeah. it's just that one does that where it's you know, it, which is really good because I mean that one was done by Ron Howard, and uh, you know that one definitely you get more of the emotion and yeah, more of a face to face kind of behind the scenes discussion with the astronauts and what they were feeling and mm-hmm. some of the things that we were talking about in the first half they talked about the fear and they talked about little things like that that they didn't admit at the time right and that's really a great story and that's one of the one documentaries that we're going to have forever and we're going to always be able to go back and reference but this one this one brought a different element to it yeah. um and it was more experience experiencing just the it bringing you back to 1969 basically yeah um and you know in not doing so in a in a way where it's totally cinematic where you know there's you know different actors and drama and all that this it was just the raw drama of the moment and you know the the, one of the coolest things that i thought was just the build up to the launch Mm -hmm. and just the countdown and I actually didn't even know that they were having issues, you know, prior to launch. They were had some concerns going on prior to launch um, that I didn't. I, so I, I I learned something. And um, yeah, they were they were literally yeah. the astronauts are in the capsule, and two hundred feet up the rocket. Um, so what would that put it? Maybe a third of the way down or yeah. something. There's people. There's workers inside of the rocket mm-hmm. working on a leaking pump yeah like, like that leaking valve or whatever yeah, it was I, yeah i did not know that either and they're all the while they're up there i mean you yeah. know they're maybe like an hour from launch or whatever but that that was like mind-blowing i i yeah. could not believe and yeah yeah and that's yeah and they obviously they weren't saying anything on the news about that or anything and i think a lot of people probably didn't even know yeah um just with you know i don't there might have not been a way for them to know but um just with the communications back then, um, but yeah, you you figure you've got three men strapped to a Saturn V, <clears throat> and then you got a whole workforce down below yeah. while this thing is literally minutes from launching, um, and yeah, they're working away on this thing. They get the clear to launch, and that's another situation where I think there was just nothing that was going to stop us from yeah from going and making that making that uh, mission work but the sound of the launch in that movie yeah was ridiculous yeah i mean and and that's just raw footage 
and raw sound that they obviously went over and polished it up and, and made it sound the way it did. But that was the coolest thing, I think, of that whole movie um, was just the build up to the launch. And other than Walter Cronkite commentating every once in a while, then the countdown going down, mm-hmm. like that's all you were hearing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was quiet and then they showed the launch and it was like breathtaking honestly it's like it yeah. almost felt like you were there at the cape there's something yeah. kind of beautiful in the in the silence of certain yeah. scenes of that movie the ambiance of the way they've set it up um and again the departure from what we're so used to seeing whether it be a dramatization of the moment like in first man mm-hmm. a very good version of course like that was very well done but um yeah, and then just moving through the whole mission, like they gave a good sense of what the what the astronauts were up there doing. Uh, some audio that I don't think I've heard before of them just kind of like hanging out. Yeah, even the audio uh, of Buzz and Neil in the lunar lander when mm-hmm. they're going down. Yeah, that was really interesting because. You could hear, you know, people down and at Houston. We've all heard that audio of them kind of saying, "Like, hey, you're like you're running out of fuel here." Yeah. But Buzz and Neil's conversation mm-hmm. of what was going on there, uh, and and Neil being, of course, so calm that they did that scene very well in in First Man, too. Um, but to have that real life footage of it, and then even like certain aspects of when they actually exited the lunar vehicle, that I don't think people knew really in full yeah they they make it seem like when you watch movies or you watch very kind of polished clean super cut up documentaries you get this sense that they landed on the moon and then they walked down and they did their thing they walked around for a little while and then they got back in and they left there was a sense of there was a patience to this Mm -hmm. that um brought to light some of the the timing of it it was it was not very rushed i mean like the way they exited was very uh strategic i guess yeah and even the time lapse in between when neil touched and when buzz exited was longer than i thought yeah or at least i originally thought yeah Um, yeah so that was neat no i mean and i think part of the reason behind that is because they had no idea whatsoever what they were going to encounter so they, they didn't know if the lunar module was going to sink into the surface of the moon. They they had no idea what was going to happen. They didn't know if it was like quicksand. They they didn't know. And yeah. you can clearly see like when they when he was actually like the footage is so good and so well polished up that they you can actually see he's got almost like a a harness. Yeah. Like Neil does when he's coming down the ladder connecting himself to the ladder of the lem. Yeah. Before he steps off because there I mean it was I mean, basically, shoot, I mean, it was a good couple hours or so, I I believe, from the time they landed to the time they suited up and then finally stepped out. Um, Yeah, that whole suiting up process, you don't, I don't think you get that in a lot of other documentaries or captures of footage. Yeah. And that's what I liked that. They, They took their time with it. It was very, it wasn't boring. I mean, like, it wasn't like like a dole obviously no. it, it still had you feeling some suspense and you already know the outcome of the story but you're seeing it again like you said as if you were there yeah it was very well done very well done and it just kind of almost 
brings to light some of the um, technology, just the the lack of technology that we faced during that time. Yeah. Um, you, you definitely get a sense for that, um, and I think you you appreciate what they did even more, yeah. um, just because it it's in, just absolutely insane to me that we were able to land something like that. I mean, obviously at that time that was the that was technology that didn't exist that they created basically. Um, and to be able to do that and to be able to land a vehicle like that, that they have never, there was no trial run. They didn't, they didn't basically, you know, run a full SIM, just a computer SIM. And, you know, they weren't able to do that kind of thing. They had the, basically the practice test lander that they had that wasn't very accurate to what the actual LEM was like when they were using on the ground here on earth. But then they, they basically tested the thing a couple times on Apollo 10. They tested it closer to the moon. Um, they didn't actually obviously land, but there really wasn't a ton that happened as far as the preparation goes on for a lot of the equipment other than just going and doing it. So like I watched something like that and it just it totally blows my mind that, that we were able to actually do that. Yeah. You know, and... and like we were talking about the whole, I guess, uh, sort of like the eclipse, you had to be fluid. Yes, um, very. And when you got there, I mean, obviously the landing site wasn't exactly where they wanted to land because when they actually did get there, they had to kind of change course a little bit and get to a smooth landing spot. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just, you get to see all that in this film. And I know you get to see it if you go on YouTube, or you, you do whatever you do. You can actually go and watch a lot of that old NASA footage, but this was this was brought in into a different perspective just because of the detail um, in the footage and in the audio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So exactly, I think the um, the way they paired everything, their decisions in putting certain scenes of footage where they did, and certain audio pieces, putting footage back to. Houston, uh, or the launch control center, you know, all sorts of different areas where they're going back and forth all the way, all the decisions that they made, I would argue that they did a, a masterful job putting it together. Yeah. Um, it really is a kind of a masterpiece movie. Well worth seeing, well worth the time that it got to spend in the, in the movie theater, which is pretty neat to see that it was, you know, on the the mainstream movies circuit. Definitely. And then now it's out on Blu-ray and I'm going to go buy it. Came out on Tuesday, this yeah. last Tuesday, May 14th. So, yeah, I'm mad I haven't gotten it already. Yeah, I need to go out to like Best Buy or Target yep. or something and, and uh, buy it. I'd like to have a physical copy of it. Um, yeah. Keep it for down the road. Yeah, exactly. The, do- the download stuff is nice for quick, but if I don't know, this kind of thing, you want to have a physical copy. Oh, yeah, definitely. If they had a special edition version, I'd buy it. In like a tin case? Yeah, with like yeah. a something cool figurine of uh saturn 5 something cool like a 140th little scale model yeah that, that would be really cool yeah i don't think they did that but <laughs> maybe a little pop-out version of it you never know yeah like the pop-out things yeah. i have yeah that actually that's something i can yeah i forgot to talk about that when we were kind of bringing everybody up to speed on what's going on good friend of mine i've mentioned him on the podcast adam out in portland we talked about him when we were interviewing john harris from Ecliptic Brewing in Portland, Oregon. 
he uh, for my for my birthday that was this this month of May sent me a packet of a Portland based company it's called Field Notes. Yeah, I'm familiar when I was in grad school out in the field doing research, whatever. It, they're great little jotting down notepads, really, really well crafted, good design, everything. Well, they made a special three pack of space themed ones. Mm. They did Mercury, Gemini and an Apollo themed one. And alongside with it, there was on the back, you could peel off this like uh, almost like a die cut cardboard. I don't know. It wasn't really cardboard. It was more of a tag board or yeah something in between punch out all the pieces and it was like so well made you it, it gave you very simple instructions didn't require any glue or any tape but you just kind of wrapped it around and folded it into different you tucked it around all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you could build the mercury capsule the gemini capsule and the apollo capsule so i now have those uh very proudly displayed on my desk at work yeah and they they're super cool like it's just cool to i don't know when people do stuff like that little commemorative things and yeah. i don't know it's it's neat to see companies get behind that i actually saw um when they released it i think it came out in 2018 they they built the little apollo one it's just a couple pieces of you know paper pretty much wrapped around and they sent it up on a weather balloon mm-hmm. as a promotion for their company and it was pretty cool it kind of reminded me of the weather balloon that i don't know if we've talked about we can talk about that on another podcast but yeah they sent it up on the weather balloon. It went up into near space, you know, 140,000 feet up, and it was pretty cool. You see this Apollo capsule. Flo- That's pretty cool. Floating around. So I think I saw that one, yeah. Yeah. I, and I actually thought of you yeah. and Chandler when uh, when that I saw the picture of that. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should do another weather balloon. Yeah. I guess I can kind of get into it. So my the friend that let us uh, have this beautiful camera, um, Chandler, he and I sent a couple weather balloons up and it was our goal we were kind of doing at the time kind of like a little i would call it like a little comedy act type deal on youtube little comedy duo and the two of us sent up uh the first attempt at least was like a it was a little jar of jam yeah and obviously it wasn't full because that'd be that'd be too heavy but it was had jam actual jam in it and we wanted to send a gopro up and send it all the way up with a weather balloon into near space to to create space jam in reference of course to the 90s movie the 90s classic with michael jordan and the first time we sent it up uh it went all the way up but it it failed um the sd card that we were using like froze it didn't literally freeze but like it i don't know glitched out and uh Mm -hmm. decided to stop working so that was a failure so but the year after that we did it again we raised up some money for a weather balloon and the helium and all that. It's a probably about a $500 endeavor, but we were able to get the support of some of our friends and family and send it up a second time. And the second time we had two GoPros, one with the space jam on the, on the left-hand side, and then one with a Michael Jordan action figure. Yeah. <laughs> slam dunking into space. So in and in that time it worked flawlessly. So we, we should do that with the eclipse on tap. That's stick, a legendary. Sticker. Yeah. It's a legendary video. I've, I've shown that to, uh, co-workers and all that kind of stuff and they're they go they go no way there's no way they did that i'm like oh yeah, yeah. they did that yeah we did <laughs> it was that's uh, actually space right there it was an endeavor we yeah. launched it from uh <clears throat> just south of here where i was living at the time in kalamazoo michigan kind of the southwest corner of the state kazoo kazoo and uh yeah made it 140,000 feet up <clears throat> the balloon is it's, a, it's an amazing experience if you ever are able to do it uh it's something that requires a lot of preparation and a lot of uh, research because if you do it kind of without 
spending the time to understand it, you can really get yourself into some trouble. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you're launching this large weather balloon up. The chances of it coming into any contact with aircraft are very extremely slim, but it has happened. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you would want is your payload to get sucked up into a turbine and all of a sudden you've got yeah. a huge issue on your hands. So yeah. so we got the proper FAA you know, approval and all that and, and yeah, launched it up. It, it landed... One thing you have to consider with the weather balloons is they go, they're going so far up and they're going at a relatively, they're going fast. I mean, they're full of helium, a lot of helium, a full cylinder, but they're still going slow in comparison to obviously a rocket. So they're going to traverse based on wind patterns. Yeah. And so I remember we were going to do it in the winter time and the high winds in the winter time, at least in the Midwest are extreme. Mm-hmm. You get past a certain threshold, and the winds are just insane up at up at the upper levels of atmosphere. So you can track, you could do different calculations and all sorts of things based on weather data. And we w- we were thinking, okay, well, we launched it from Kalamazoo, and based on our calculations, it would land in like Iowa, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just hundreds and hundreds of miles west. Yeah. So we waited till the proper time. Waited till I think it was probably May. And it launched it. Actually, it was really a good landing. It landed about, I don't know, maybe 35 to 40 miles southwest of where we launched it from. Mm-hmm. So that was perfect. We got a perfect day with not a lot of winds. But it's just cool because you, you fill up this balloon. And, and at ground level, it's got a full cylinder of helium. And it probably is about six feet in diameter. Yeah. And as it as it traverses, it goes up and up through the different layers of the atmosphere. While the air is thinning out, there's that pressure differential. And the balloon just keeps expanding. And by the time it's about ready to burst, it's like 30 feet in diameter. That's that's insane. Yeah. 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 So one thing I'd like to do if we do it again is, now that we have these GoPro sessions, yeah. these uh, smaller ones, they're significantly smaller and lighter. We could probably do three GoPros, one out each each side and then one pointing up. Because then you can see the balloon yeah. expand and, and pop. Yeah. We got some decent footage. Of course, when it pops, it's kind of sends the whole pay- payload into a bit of a tumble. Yeah. So you can see footage, like the cameras like flip upside down for a second. And it's insane because the whole time it's going up, you're seeing the curvature of the earth. You're seeing all of Lake Michigan. It's amazing. But then it flips upside down and you see the sun and then just blackness of space. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's crazy. Obviously, you're not all the way into space, but you're very near. Yeah. I mean, you threshold. Based on the, the, the last camera shot yeah that you guys have up the thing you're basically there yeah you're very near yeah you're you're it to the naked eye you're you're going okay yeah they're in space basically but yeah i mean you're you're basically right on the crest Mm -hmm. of that but um yeah that's pretty cool we should do that we should throw like a maybe like a terry labani car up there and like a (laughs) an eclipse on tap sticker yeah eclipse on tap sticker terry labani something else yeah i remember the the first time we did it it was fairly i mean we were kind of going into it a bit naive with of course with our our issue with our sd card and our gopro we only had one gopro so that was a that was obviously kind of a fail didn't have a backup but the steps we took to go from phase one to phase two were pretty extreme you know we did a lot more research we did some upgrades and things like that the one issue we noticed in even just one year's time was the increase in price of helium Mm. helium is not a uh you can't make helium it's a naturally occurring gas and Mm -hmm. so 
it's not like you can just go to the store and just buy like man-made helium like you could hydrogen maybe yeah and so with that said helium is getting more and more expensive because there's a bit of a shortage of it Mm -hmm. and so um that's why even like the the balloons that you buy like for like a party like they're kind of pricey now yeah because they have to fill them with this relatively rare gas happy birthday 20 bucks (laughs) yeah so it's um definitely worth doing i think the cylinder we kind of hooked up with a company here in grand rapids or it was in kalamazoo called purity cylinder purity cylinder gas yeah and they're you know they a lot of a lot of helium is used for um welding purposes because that's that's what they you know use it industrial welding so we bought it from this industrial welding company and i threw it in the back of my ford focus and went to my apartment and we filled it up so yeah. it's definitely doable uh if we were you know set aside some funds or we, we actually the second time we put a little kickstarter together because we had failed and it was such a kind of a, a bummer thing the first time we, we did it um we felt like we had some people that followed the youtube channel and that wanted to support us so we put it all together on a kickstarter mm-hmm. we raised all of the funds pretty much out of pocket or well not out of pocket pretty much all support uh from viewers of our channel and stuff so yeah we could do it uh we yeah. could definitely do it and um i say we do it we could even send up one of these uh budweiser discovery reserve <laughs> yeah. bottles yeah that was the thing that we were thinking the first time is you know you do something like that and you kind of are a bit naive uh mm-hmm. and the first time we did it we sent up the actual glass jar <laughs> like the jam of jar. the jam yeah yeah so <laughs> if that thing would have become detached or anything you're going to have a piece of glass falling at terminal velocity <laughs> just into the ground. Yeah. It's super it could kill someone. Oh, I mean, yeah. you could get a like a penny falling at terminal velocity. Yeah. If it hits somebody in the head just right, it could really do some damage. So Yeah. We were like, "Well, that was stupid." Yeah. And so the second time we did it, we actually found like Smucker's mix like a plastic yeah. jar, you know. So obviously if it if it com- became detached, it would kind of float or, you know, yeah catch a lot more air and be significantly less dense yeah flail around and yeah yeah much softer landing yeah yeah but (laughs) probably still knock somebody out with that oh absolutely yeah you can do yeah the first time that we did it the payload actually came down or the gps tracking that we had inside the payload was not nearly as accurate as the second time we did it yeah so we didn't really know where it landed and uh we had put on the side like you know if found please call because we get we're we're looking all over for it, trying to do our best with the GPS and uh, not really having a lot of luck, and we get a call, and we're like, oh my god, <laughs> what what is happening? So it was like this farmer, farmer he, out in yeah, Texas. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, it was it was a similar trajectory the first time we launched it in Kalamazoo. It landed I don't know forty miles, fifty miles southwest, and it was this like farmer who was driving his like John Deere mower. And he saw it come down. Obviously, you've got a parachute on it. So it's, it's coming down at a relatively fast clip, but it's obviously significantly subdued with the parachute. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> he sees this thing coming down, just floating down. Like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And um, they were really nice people, though. We chatted with them about what we were trying to do, and they didn't really understand the reference. No. We we're like, yeah, we're doing like Space Jam, you know, like Michael Jordan, like the movie. They're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. The best part about the second time was we obviously tracked it ourselves. So, fi- like, being able to find it is like, that's still to me is like one of my most, I, I it was such an, like a, a thrill. Like, you see it kind of sticking, like a fin sticking out of a, it landed in like a soybean field. Yeah. 
and we put a little bit of jam in the jar to actually have it. So we got back to my apartment and we took the jam and we spread it on some toast <laughs> and ate it <laughs> to have this cosmic jam. Space jam. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just incredible. It's like, yeah. it's super, super cold up there and the jam freezes and yeah, it's wild. So we should definitely do it again. We, Chandler and I, uh, I think we'd consider ourselves at least, uh, maybe not experts, but maybe somewhat skilled in yeah. doing the weather balloons. So experienced. We can, experienced, exactly. Yeah. So get another one together. And yeah. he lives down in Georgia now, so we could get uh, maybe meet in the middle and launch it. Yeah. And uh, do a little Eclipse on Tap promo. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah. A little Eclipse on Tap promo in space. Get a shot of the sun on there. Yep. That'd be cool. Yep. Have you seen the yeah. video of the weather balloon of they sent up they literally exactly what I'm describing, but they sent it up during the total solar eclipse? No. That's what we should do. Twenty twenty four. Because the amount of timing and planning that be required to be extreme, but with the amount of time until the next total solar, given that it's twenty twenty four, which will be an incredible year. Total solar eclipse, moon landing. Yeah. Crazy. That's gonna be a nuts. Just apps. I'm gonna mockers. just take the whole year off work. <laughs> I might just do that too. But <laughs> it'll be, it's going to be bonkers that year. It's going to be nuts. So, yeah. But there's a video of uh, this last 2017 eclipse, weather balloon going up, and it's it's framed just right. You can see the total solar. And what's incredible is they have a camera pointing kind of down at an angle, and you can see the full shadow of the Earth, the full circle, just looking No down. way. Yeah, it's cool. I'll show you. It is uh, incredible. And with weather balloons, you get so much more control than you ever would with even a, an airplane or a drone or anything, it's because going so slow, I mean, in relativity to those other motored vehicles. Yeah. So the camera is very stable. It's extremely smooth. And so it's just like a perfect shot. And uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh man, yeah. here we go. Let's make it work. Let's make That's, it happen. That would be, I mean, I could basically just retire at that point. I don't <laughs> even know what I would do, but that would be, that would put the icing on the cake for yeah. me. Especially given that 2024 is really the next eclipse and the last eclipse for, for quite a for while. For a long time. Um, that we'll probably be able to see. I mean, Well, 24, we... 2048, I think, is the next one after that. Yeah. And that one, you know, will be I think that one's in the 60s. or Yeah, we'll be. I, I, I should still be hobbling around at that point. Yeah, it will be fine. Yeah. But, but even so, 2024 to 2048 versus... Yeah. This last cycle was 2017. We'll have grandkids at that point. So yeah, it's it's a totally different, different thing. The, 2024 is kind of the last hurrah for like being young and doing crazy stuff, like sending a weather balloon up. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Who knows? I hope I'm doing that kind of stuff when I'm 60. But oh yeah, it's, oh yeah. Uh, it's something we could definitely look into. Probably yep. would do. Maybe we could do a weather balloon. Uh, in the years before that, you know, with. Eclipse on Tap logo or whatever, just for fun. Yeah, and then exactly. see if we could do it. Uh, it would be tough. It would be tough with all of the people. Um, and then you've got this thing coming down, like landing, and you're trying to get to it, and there's like just millions of people, and you're like, well, it, it, it definitely is a nightmare to plan. But we could, do yeah, it. we could do it. Start planning now. Yeah, go out. Put to a game like, plan together and go out to somewhere like in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Um, it, it could be done. Yeah, like I, I probably wouldn't want to do it in anywhere near a metro, no, uh, no. city because then like that Not was our all. biggest fear was even when we launched it. I mean, there was a huge fear of us 
the winds changing direction on us based on our calculations and it going like up to grand rapids yeah like what is it what do you do if this weather balloon lands like on 28th street yeah just gets hit by a car what you you don't know it could land literally anywhere yeah you have there's and you don't really have any control other than planning the right day and right planning ahead with uh the winds and all that kind of stuff in the weather and yeah you know i I think what we always told ourselves is if you look at the geography of the united states yeah there's big cities but the amount of open space is significantly like it's it's so much more likely to just land in a field somewhere than it is a city but it could happen so that's like yeah we if we did it from texas like for it to land in houston or something like that just be such a mess so but if we planned it right we could definitely do it and it would be just yeah, I would be like, I'm, I'm good. Like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. I got an idea. We can take one of the Tesla Roadsters that we got, and we'll make a little Starman guy oh, yeah. to go in there, and then there we'll put him on one side too. Yeah, yeah. That's the nice yeah. thing. Like I was saying with these GoPro sessions, we set up two GoPro heroes, yeah. one on each side, but they're twice the size of a session. Yeah. So theoretically, you could do four GoPro sessions. Yeah. One out each side, one out the bottom, one out the top. Because out the bottom would be cool. Yeah. Bottom would be cool because then you can look at the actual balloon and all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like going, I'm saying like pointing down at the ground. Oh, pointing down. Yeah. Yeah, Because then you can see it as it's ascending. Yeah. And it just would be like, uh, that would be neat. Um, Yeah. We'll just grab a few more of these things and we'll be good to go. Yeah. We'll uh, collaborate and who knows. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That was a tangent on the weather balloons. Oh, no. We, uh... That, that's a story that has not been told yet. It hasn't. Um, if you want to check it out, it, the, at the time, Chandler and I, like I said, we were doing like our little comedy duo channel thing. It was just like a for fun thing. It was our last semester of college, and we were just kind of screwing around. Mm-hmm. And um, we called ourselves the fifth years because we had uh, one extra semester of college. So we are kind of just, it was a joke on a, a little satire, a little self de- self-deprecating uh, comedy. Yeah. And so, the, yeah, you can search on YouTube, The Fifth Years, and we called it Project Beyond. So if you search that on Google or on uh, YouTube, it yep. should pop up. So, yeah, yeah, it, that kind of stuff is fun. Like, those are those memories that you, you look back on even now, just a few years later. That was maybe five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can only imagine 20, 30, 40 years from now, I'll look back on that and be like, oh, that was the coolest. So Yeah, exactly. We definitely got to do something like that. Yeah. Um, it would be, it'd be a crowning achievement for us as a as a podcast production oh yeah and it would yeah. be the ultimate advertising <laughs> ultimate advertising campaign that'd be yep. that'd be uh that'd be a lot of fun we should we should start planning now though if we're gonna get yeah. that done yeah we could call it the get yeah. out look up campaign yeah exactly yeah. get out look up at our amazing balloon and in in, in the similar fashion that the eclipse weekend was you know like as you recall like you get with a group of guys, a girl, whatever, you do, you're a little crew, and you go down and you do something like see the eclipse, and it's just like the best weekend ever. Yeah. That's like the when you launch the weather balloon, it's the same kind of thing. You, get, you dedicate a little weekend, you put all the planning into it. I think the night before, we literally didn't, I don't think we went to sleep. It was just like an all-nighter, making sure the payload was right and all the fins, and it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we broadcast the... Uh, preparation on youtube live because that like had just come out it was like a big a big deal yeah. we had like it was like four in the morning and then no one was watching but it, i mean that those are those things you look back on you're like i'm glad we did it so yeah oh yeah it's a little little adventure little journey you know it, it's 
you know, something that you can always look back on and uh, and go, you know, I guess just dwell on the, the honestly, like the the manpower that you had with the little resources you really had, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, we send it. Yeah, it's you, like it's like it. It just yeah. You, you look at it like we we sent something up on a weather balloon like into near space like that's crazy yeah. so and we're just a couple of dudes right you know? it, it, it's you kind of set your mind to something and you can achieve it and yeah. uh, it gives you that sense of empowerment um to be able to do that kind of stuff and yeah it's cool we should definitely look into that anything's possible anything is possible that's 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 our uh motto here anything's possible at the pub <laughs> yes at the pub yep you can put your mind to anything at the pub. Some great ideas will be formed at this here pub. Great ideas and uh, some some great hops, great <laughs> yep. stories, great times. Yep. Come on down. That should be the, the, the you got to come up with a slogan for your bar like, um, I don't know, like, like great hops, great, st- man, something that, like an alliteration thing with hops, great, great hops, great times, great. Well, I, I have, I actually, I started a, um, pub 39a oh yeah gotta Instagram shout that out feed um so you can it, it's at pub 39a so you can get you whoever's listening can check it out um follow the uh the growth of the hops yep and i got a nice little slogan on there um oh so, yeah what was the slogan um basically something along the lines of uh, we'll, we'll launch you into orbit um we, we've been launching you into orbit since you know 2019 or something <laughs> yeah. like that but i like it um so yeah we'll we'll, we'll uh We'll launch you into orbit here at the pub, but and yep. then uh, if you uh, you know can't drive, then get an Uber. Yeah, that's the way we put it. So get an Uber. <laughs> yep. Yeah, for but, sure. Yep. Or just crash on the couch. Yep. We'll take care of you. For sure. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, with that said, the twenty-first episode. Happy twenty-first birthday to Eclipse on Tap. Happy twenty-first. Um, is is coming to a close here uh but before we go we want to just remind you if you support the podcast if you enjoy what we do we kind of, of course kind of if you're a new listener and you've stuck around this long thank you uh we're trying to just bring some enthusiasm to space and and maybe a, a more casual way uh in a way that's uh, maybe different from other podcasts that are very into the details of of rocketry and astronomy mm-hmm. those are great in their own right but we're just gonna we're just two dudes just like the two dudes that sent up a weather balloon, you know, it's That's just right. we're just doing our thing, and and uh, we appreciate everybody that listens in on a monthly basis when we release these, and it's it's just been a fun a fun journey that will uh, continue on for for a long time. So yeah, so you can uh, listen to us on any of the podcasting platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Google Play Store, Stitcher Radio, uh, Spotify. Podcast is becoming a big a big deal nowadays. They're kind of like taking over the market share from apple Podcasts, so mm-hmm. we're on we're on uh, spotify now too so so you know being that apple podcast is probably the primary one still and it's definitely the one that people go to when they're looking for reviews and stuff yeah. if you support what we do go on and give us a give us a rating and a review we'd love to see that yep and uh, as always we haven't mentioned this in a while but if you have uh any photos or videos of the eclipse or anything like that feel free to send those our way um whether that's a direct message on instagram or whatever that may be um we're we're happy to talk about it on on the podcast and um we hope that we're getting more and more people into space and into in this into this whole 
I guess, new space race and all that um, coming up here the next handful of years. So that's kind of our goal um, is to get people excited about it and um, not necessarily the, the space race only, but get people out looking up, take a telescope out, go buy a telescope, you know, um, join your local astronomy club. That's kind of our mission I think as a whole, but yeah, convince your uh, high school physics teacher to get a weather balloon for your class and yeah, send it out like that. That that's the kind of stuff like we. I would love to see that kind of stuff happen, to just kind of keep spreading the enthusiasm as uh, as it is extremely important uh, for just general humanity to explore in that way, to explore the unknown, and uh, we want to keep preaching that. So yeah, but yeah, if you do have a, a photo or something, you can reach us on it on Twitter at Eclipse on Tap, Instagram is the same at Eclipse on Tap. You can also email us. EclipseOnTap at gmail.com. And yep. of course, check out our website, EclipseOnTap.space. We are uh, we're on the web. We are on the World Wide Web. Yep. So check us out there. And uh, again, always appreciate everyone who, who checks us out. Even if it's you know a few, a few here, a few there, it, it, it all means the world to us. It adds um, up. It definitely, it definitely does. Yep. And um, so with that, cheers to, uh, cheers to 21. Cheers to 21. Cheers to that the... Was, here, that was a... There we Discovery go. Reserve. Yeah, that was yeah. like a wine glass clink <laughs> there. But cheers to the uh, Discovery Reserve and uh, to another, I mean, another more, uh, another round of 21 episodes and, yeah. and beyond. So, yeah. and hopefully next week or next month we'll uh, we'll you'll be hearing from us at NASCAR live yeah. from the Michigan International Speedway. That's right. So uh, we'll hope to hear from you then. And uh, in the meantime, get out, look up, and cheers. And long live Dale. (laughs) Long live Dale. Yeah. RIP3.